so we're we're doing it. And I think I found what the problem was. Uh oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Then we're ready to roll. Oh, we're we're moving. We're we're it's already up and we're out there and so we're looking crazy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we at least got to this point <laughs> so we can try to have the rest of a conversation. Um, so Leonard, you were talking yeah, about, huh? Which they weren't. Let's begin. Oh, no, we let's already begin. started. Yeah, I already started. So, <laughs> so Leonard was, was going to regale us with, uh, some, some things that he had that he felt were germane to this topic or to this, to this episode. <laughs> well, just think about it. What if we could drive up and down the street and not get stopped? Ah, yeah. So you did that already. Okay. Just because we were of a different race mm -hmm. or we could walk down the street, up and down the street and not be automatically assumed to be drug dealers or prostitutes or get pulled from minding our own business to get questioned and or arrested for things we had nothing to do with. Okay. So, so here's my thought on that. For some reason, there are people in our society that feel it's necessary to set themselves above other people. And the only way to do that is by putting somebody down. So you, you have to suppress somebody to lift yourself up, to lift themselves up. Yeah. So we've got blonde hair versus brunettes. We've got tall people versus short people. We've got light brown skin versus dark brown skin. We've got, you know. Skinny versus fat. Skinny oh, versus okay. fat. It, there just seems to be something, and I'm not saying everybody's like that, you know? I mean, there are, but, but there are those differences that people use to separate themselves or to, to uh, gather themselves together with other people. So in order for us to have things in common, so um, eventually people that read mystery books will be different than people that read uh, true crime story books. You know, there's always uh -huh. something that people are using to try to separate themselves. And in many uh -huh. cases, they're putting other people down in order to lift themselves up. And so if we're not stopping people because they're suspected of being criminals because they're, uh, you know, dark brown skin, we're gonna stop them uh, because they read mystery novels and for some reason, mystery novels is now the bad thing in society. <laughs> well, you know, our society, we always got to have our boogeyman. <laughs> right. And, and, and so, and so when I try to imagine, I say, well, you know, for, I look at myself and I go, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty easygoing. I, I think I try to be, tolerant, but there are times when I can be intolerant. There are times when I can, um, when I don't feel like dealing with something, you know, that I, mm -hmm. I might normally would have. And then how do I respond? How do I act? You know, and just because 
I'm that way doesn't mean other people are going to be that way. There are people who are never going to accept someone with long hair. It's just not going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, there's people that's not going to accept long hair, but when does it really matter? If just because they don't like your long hair, I think that's okay for them not to not like your long hair, but if that's going to stop them from giving you a job, if that's going to allow them to harass you or physically attack you, then it's a problem. But just to say acceptance of one another, it's, it's a little bit bigger than that because we all have our likes and dislikes, but it's when we have the power to affect another person's quality of life or things that they can or cannot have is when it's a real problem. That is an absolutely fantastic point. And here's what I'll say to that. It has been illegal to discriminate against um, uh, disabled people, mm-hmm. but it happens mm-hmm. every day. Look how long it took for society. There are, there are people that want to put in new buildings and still want to fight um, ADA code codes that the building has to be live up to ADA codes. Sure. You, you understand what I'm saying? So whereas they should understand that in our society, they should not discriminate against someone because they're disabled. Um, and that's been going on for years. They still do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're saying is, yeah. Um, people in power tend to want to shape the world. Yeah, absolutely. They do. So they want people to conform to their standards, to their standards. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it may just be to some degree, um, you know, wishful thinking that, that we're going to be able to live together in harmony. Maybe there's always that push that back and forth that, that, um, um, that strife between, between people, huh? Yin and yang. Well, left, right. <laughs> well, there's, there's that difference. I, I, so the thing for me is, is at what point, um, you know, what, what can we realistically expect? Um, yeah, there are going to be people, people that, that continue to break laws, uh, that where we, we're trying to, um, Ah, so we got a comment and I'll, I'll, I'll slap. Yeah, I'm not going to read that name, but <laughs> so, so fortunately, I'm glad we took those pictures off. Anyway, uh, so that someone says, you seem like a respectful, <laughs> you don't have to say the name. I, I, I'm, I thank you very much. Uh, uh, you seem like some respectful gentlemen. What do you think of today's political climate? And we'll, 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 we'll include climate or the political climate in the in the course of the discussion. 
Um, and so, and so there are, there are, you know, people who, um, so like yesterday and you know, you, you missed that yesterday. We, I brought up the oath keepers. The oath keepers have said uh-huh. that they're going to create their own constitutional behavior, that they're not going to stick to the mm-hmm. current constitution. They're going to be Americans, yeah. they're going to live in America, and they're going to define their own constitution. All right. So, so the difficulty here is, is that um, we, how do you get people to, to want to be a part of the team? Because as Americans, we are a team. We are a team of human beings. And if we define some rules and regulations and you decide which rules and regulations you're going to conform to, then you're redefining what team means. So as Americans, we have a constitution. And then there are people who want to argue what the constitution means. Let's take the second amendment. One person says, the second amendment gives me the right to own a gun regardless. Another person (laughs) says, the second amendment says, you should own a gun based on the idea that we don't have a standing army. Right? Correct. So if I don't want to play by the rules, All I have to do is cast doubt on what that rule means. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, the second amendment was originally meant to pass to have men with rifle and ammunition to, it was a way to protect America because at the time we didn't have a standing army. And so every man, you had to report to your city commander. And then all the city divisions reported to their state commander and so forth. And that's how we that's how we protected America back then. Uh, it wasn't meant for Bubba and Leroy to go riding through the South with gun racks on their truck, riding gun racks everywhere. But, you know, that's that's what it's gotten to. Okay, so that's what it's gotten to. So, 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 what I was trying to to get at is that, um, is that if people don't want to, if they don't want to live by a law, then they will find whatever reasons that they want to to avoid adhering to that rule or that law. So the idea that uh, we wanted the whole idea for um, codes and buildings was to allow people with disabilities to be a participant in the the society as a whole, that they could join uh, in and have some of the same freedoms and access to resources that people who were not disabled. And yet there are people who, when they build a building, try to skirt around that code because it's inconvenient for them or because it costs them something. So that's not a team player. So the, so the idea that I'm trying to get at it is until we have, 
team buy-in until we have people that want to, to build a better society. We're always going to have, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be oppressed. Well, yeah. I mean, but you got people and you say, how do we get it? As long as there's people that are willing to go against, you're not going to have it. As long as you're willing to get somebody to say the election was stolen from you, no matter how many votes, no matter how many re-tabs and re-edits, and then we're going, you know, it, it was still stolen no matter what. I don't say it's stolen when the person I want to win wins. Right. And, and so there's the America, selfishness. There's the, the, so the idea there is one of the very first things I said is there's a selfishness where yes. I don't have to play as a team player if I don't get what I want. Because part of being exactly. on a team and 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 I we're not saying that there, that so uh, a comment was made that both parties are guilty of this and pointing the finger at one another doesn't change that. Yes, everybody's both parties are guilty of it. People do that. But the core of the idea is, is that we have people, whether they're on one side of the fence or both sides of the fence or any side of the fence, maybe they don't claim to be in a political mm -hmm. party at all. There are people who are not willing to adhere to a set of rules and, and standards for behavior within the borders of America. Right. I mean, like, you know, just, just taking it out of the political arena, per se, you had these groups called anarchists. And they just went from town to town, city to city, just causing confusion uh, just for the heck of it. Just to be contrarian to, like you see, rules. And the way we did it in America that kept us pretty peaceful for over two over 200 years was to fair, free, accessible elections for everybody. And, you know, you, you have a group out now that's destroying that. So they could be on the top and rule. Right. And, and, and it's not about building a better society. It's about building one that they favor. Well, for them, that's, that's a better society. That's their idea of a better society. That's their idea of a better that's society. That's their idea of a better society. The difficulty is, is that they're not, they have, they're showing no compassion for their teammates. So, so I played competitive sports. Leonard played competitive sports. I think you played competitive sports too, didn't you, Warren? Not really. Not nope. really. Okay. Um, Not but, in an official sense. Huh? Not in an official sense. Okay. But, but I mean, you've been a part of our team here on the podcast, and, and sure, we do things sure. by committee. I, I, you sure. know, everybody participates. Everybody has, a, has an input. Um, Sometimes I may exert a little more additional influence, <laughs> but, but for the most part, you know, we, we, we talk about the topics, we talk about what we're going to cover. 
everybody has a chance to input. Everybody has a chance to say something. And, and yeah. I, and I, and I try to be as fair as I possibly can because, you know, everybody wants things the way they want things. And so sometimes I may, um, make an argument that I think is great. And, and then you guys go, well, you know, we don't agree with that. And I'm like, how could you not agree with this absolutely wonderful, <laughs> magnificent idea, you know, and, and, and trying to exert undue influence. I get it. I get it. Everybody, everybody wants things the way they want, but in the end we, we have to, um, a part of being a part of a team is you have to know when to say, okay, uh, it's time for me to let the other guy have something that I can't right. always have everything the way I want it because the other guy has to live here too, or the other person has to live here too. And the other person has to feel like they have part ownership of our society. Yeah. 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 But I think you kind of uh, nailed it when you uh, gave a description of your wonderful, absolutely gifted, blessed idea in this form of, you know, hey, you, you're you're so engrandized and up there, you you expect people to go along with the plan and to have any disagreement is going to automatically cause a little friction. But I think we work together to the extent that we allow that. We we talk things out. We share our ideas. We support our beliefs and we work things out. But in this political climate, as the question, as the question the um, the listener or raised was, I'd like to address that. Okay, go ahead. He said the political climate. He's asking. And I don't look at it as a political climate anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't. When you have two parties, Democrat, Republic, left, right, however you want to describe them, and you try to put the entire country into any one of those categories is is it's just a big force to begin with. I look at uh, the climate as a term in the term of culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have people who have different cultural ideas that go all the way back to the founding of this nation. Mm -hmm. We had people from a certain culture or certain cultures that formed the government that created this country. And even though we have evolved, we basically evolving led to more of the culture wars that we're having now as different people came into the mix with different ideas and different opinions on how things should go. And that's when the divide started. I, you can call it left, right. We started splitting off into these two major categories. And so right now, I see it as a cultural battle because laws, you talked about laws, laws that we've had the constitution all the way back to the constitution where the laws began. We had a particular culture that came together and created those laws. I don't think there was an extreme amount of diversity in mm -hmm. that group of people, mm -hmm. that group of, let's be honest, white men, mm -hmm white from Europe that created the constitution, formed all these laws. And then as the country progressed and evolved and different cultures, people from different societies, races, colors, and all that came in, 
uh, they came up with this theory of the melting pot, but I think that was uh, pretty much a theory. We still had a lot of conflict as more and more people from different cultures came in. And I want to point to some examples for uh, the, as far as the laws. This trial going on right now in Georgia. Mm-hmm. First of all, these guys that uh, murdered Aubrey, Aubrey were using a law, Ahmaud Aubrey, mm-hmm. uh, uh, based on some back codes back to the Civil War, what would you call it, the vigilante style, uh, when you're a citizen's arrest. Mm-hmm. That stuff started from uh, from people really trying to go back and uh, re- 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 reclaim slaves. You know, this wasn't, anybody couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. This was a privileged thing. And right. these laws shouldn't even be on the books. We have police now. We have local, state, federal police to handle all this stuff. And there's absolutely no reason to go out with shotguns to arrest a guy from alleged burglaries. Well, well, just like you mentioned those laws in Georgia, which was their justification to go and hang black folks. That's mm-hmm. what those laws were used for. And they've been repealed. They are no longer the law. But that's what these guys are claiming. And their lawyer did an adept job in making sure that there were there was only one black on the jury. Because he knows in that part of Georgia, white Caucasian folks carry guns and they believe in using them if they feel threatened. Uh, and you know, you're talking about going back to our history, the Constitution. This is the same constitution that would consider people like yourself, myself, and Leon five-sevenths of a person for a census uh, count. The word was actually chattel, which is an old English term for property and everything. So you know what was good about our constitution was it was updatable, it's changeable, and there have been over the years, you know, uh, demands on it to change and be updated. Now, like you got with every every time you got, when you say movement, like progression, melting pot, or whatever, there's always people who want the same thing to stay the same way, so they push against it, and they want to keep things the same. We fought a war man against his brother in this country in, in, in a lot of cases because we wanted to enslave black people so so warren yeah. brought up the idea of the culture war and and mm-hmm. here's what here's my take on the culture war the, the the culture war is something that's manufactured because yes people don't want to change they don't want things to be different and they see things being different they see things being um they see things changing and so rather than to say i don't want to uh be able i don't want gay people to be able to marry they start uh having arguments about um something else that's unrelated uh, 
you know, the Disney characters and stuff like that. Yes. And so, and so, and so the, the culture wars, I thought, I think, are just a smokescreen for how that I don't want to change. I, the world, the world has worked for me just the way it is. And now you want to go right. and include other people to, to have the same rights that I have. And, and that means that my rights are going to change my ability to, um, go to the school board and not have, um, and not have a gay Santa in the school play is going to be taken away from me. If I let you, um, change the change, make, make gay rights, LGBTQ, a protected class of people. Well, sure. But if you don't like culture, how do you best describe the differences between people that disagree on these uh, ideas? They're gay white people, people that don't want to change. What are the differences? They're gay white between people. the people that they're rejecting. They're gay white people and gay black people. So, so I don't think it's sure. the culture that's the that's an issue. That's why I think it's a false well, it's what a would you call false it? idea. They well, are, culture. Go ahead. Culture is a manual. I, I agree with you, Leon, in that culture is a manufactured issue. <clears throat> we got to manufacture an issue. We got to bring up these differences. And we got to scare people to be, to vote in the way we want them to vote, to vote our candidates in, to vote people in like the previous guy and the, the current governor elect of Virginia, so to speak, even though we tell lies to do it, but we get people scared and we get them to vote that way. And, you know, and I can name a few incidences, but, you know, at the same time, we won't go there. But that's what that's what culture, that's what the culture wars are about. It's not about the policy because we don't want to argue on policy because we would lose. So we're going to make this well, culture war. So so I, I don't know if it's about winning and losing as much as it is. I think a lot of times people don't address, they don't address things directly and head on because they don't want to be wrong. If I address something head on, um, and I, our, our commenter is has made it note that they're a white conservative, uh, and we appreciate you coming on to the show, and your comments are always welcome. But people don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be proven wrong, especially in front of other people. So if I don't take the issue on directly, if I don't head on take on the issue, you can't attack my idea as bad. So if I attack the idea of a gay Santa, that means I don't have to look like a butt because I'm attacking gayness. I'm attaching gayness to a a loved character like Santa. And so I'm objecting to a gay Santa 
because Santa has been around for ages and I want my Santa to stay non-gay. <laughs> so, so that then becomes what is called a culture war because it's our culture to have this non-gay Santa. Sure. I think that's manufactured. Cause Santa, what is it about Santa didn't, wasn't even white in the first place. That's true. What is the objective, the most common objective to homosexuality, transgender issues? What do you think most people base their uh, opposition to that on? That they don't understand it. But what do they use for the objection? Anything. They point? use anything. If you, if you, I think that if you're saying perversion, mm -hmm. is that what you're trying to get at? Is perversion? So that I can answer that. No, but what, who defines perversion? Where do people define it? When you say religion would be the prime uh, source of oh, that? Okay, so you think religion is the boogeyman here? When it comes to some issues, not yet, not all issues at all, but I'm just saying that's one of the issues that people, one of the uh, references that people use for their beliefs. Okay. Well, it's the same thing with defining obscenity. You ask them what's obscene, they can't give you a definition of it, but they'll know it if they see it. So it's like in the it's in the eye of the beholder. <clears throat> it's in the eye of the beholder. And I know my wife and I had discussed on more than a few occasions about the homosexual versus the anti-homosexual. Mm -hmm. And I say it's the people in the church that brought out what the alternative lifestyle community now trying to push to be mainstream because there was a time that the alternative lifestyles had their own businesses had their own nightclubs had their own stuff but all these people with their bible went busting down the doors and messing with them and they just said hey enough is enough you push so I, people I, too far so they're so, going to push back so do you do you think that that uh, again is religion the boogeyman or is religion one of many boogeymen i think it's one of many okay yeah i think it's one, one of many. many it's not the boogeyman i can't look at everything and say oh yeah that's religion's cause but my wife say my wife would tell me oh you you speak so much against the church and you're supposed to be a christian i said when i speak as a christian i know what the Bible say we're supposed to be acting, but I see Christians out here doing the opposite. And their justification is, well, that's against Christ. So, so I'm okay in however I react to it. So then it's it's the person's personality that they and they use Christ they use their religion as a tool to to implement their own personality. So if if they don't like uh, a gay person, and and I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. I'm not saying that that's the only reason they don't like gays, but some people, some people get into religion because um, they want to find themselves in a group. They, they, yeah. they need, yeah. they, we, we as human beings need support. We need support groups. So they get right. into religion as a support group. And then um, because that group says you should not like black people, 
You should not like mm -hmm. tall people. You should not mm -hmm. like people that read literature. Then right. they adapt that in order to stay in the group. Exactly. So the boogeyman exactly. isn't the religion, although the it's religion the itself is the person. Well, I think there are things that are definitely written into religious scriptures and texts that people use to define uh, their beliefs. And I'm sure, Leonard, you're familiar with a lot of scripture that will say God's condemning this or that, and then people will argue interpretation. But there are definitely scriptures that tell, guide people in their social behavior and not just Christianity. Right. I mean, you're right. <clears throat> now, speaking as a Christian, God never tells me to condemn another person. That's God's job, whether or not, like I like to tell people, and my wife says this best, I don't have a heaven or a hell to send you to. That's okay, not my okay. job. Here we, here we go down that road again. All right. Well, <laughs> I, no, I, I guess I, no, I don't know, no, I, I don't know I, why. I don't why. Let's get it out of the way. Because we obviously seems to be we gotta have a conversation about religion. Because that's this is the third what well, we it's, it's, it's the third episode that we brought it up. It just came up in our conversation. Warren's brought it up three people. times. Warren's brought okay. it up three times. Okay. So you obviously <laughs> want to talk about it. So let's get it out of the way. Go because, ahead. Man. Because because the conversation <laughs> that I'm trying to and you and, and we've talked we've talked about this before. I've said this with you guys. Yes. When you start adding religion to the discussion, you take away from the discussion, you make it about religion. Okay, well, I, I agree. But I think that uh, culture is definitely um, where people form their, their ideas and their beliefs, whether it's religion or whatever, that they're using to express their ideas about how they want to see society. Right. So, so, so individuals want what they want. There are things yeah. that make them comfortable. Part yeah. of what we need as individuals is we need confirmation. That means, mm -hmm. that means we have, we want to be around people that like us, that we like, that have share some common interests, share some kind of commonality. Um, and so when that group, then somebody in the group points to another person and says, that's, that person is not a part of our group because of X, Y, Z, not characteristics. So then other people in the group go, yeah, that person's not a part of our group. And so then in order to, to solidify that relationship, they continue to attack and separate themselves and to find reasons to separate themselves. Mm -hmm. If, if, if we don't recognize that we are going to have a problem in our society, building teamwork and breaking down those barriers, it is far too easy to create those barriers. And like you guys said, you know, religion has these things built into it that you can use to separate folks. Exactly. 
it, it's built into it. So as long as as long as you subscribe to that and make that the central focus of your interaction with other people, you are saying, I don't want to deal with other people. I don't want to build coalitions. I don't want to build friendships. Sure. I agree. I agree. It's a form of separation. It's a form of separation. It's in its core. In its core. It's going to separate folks. Um, so our guest commented that uh, he doesn't care about other people and the way they live. Um, he just doesn't want it to be targeted to children. And I, I, I don't know if I don't think that that that's not that's a discussion we'll put into something else. I just wanted to get that you made that comment. Um, but the idea here is, um, how do, how does, how does it break down that, that we push people away, that we separate, um, ourselves because if America's going to be that team, because we're running around the world right now, um, pushing democracy pushing our um our uh, what do you call democratic it? ideals not just the democratic ideals that that <laughs> we're an exceptional country and our belief system is second to none and we have wonderful great ideas that everybody needs to adopt and that uh um uh, what is it when um, oh man, uh, politicians are, um, oh man, I hate that. Um, like you mean when we had an American president, when he was taking pictures with other heads of state at a conference, pushing people out the way so he could get to the no, front, you mean like that? Corruption. <laughs> corruption is bad. And yet we tolerate it. So it's bad if if Erdogan turns against um, turns against uh, reporters because we don't turn against our reporters. So that's a good thing. And yet um, we don't prosecute uh, people for for tax fraud and tax evasion. And that's in in our mm-hmm. in our community. That's a crime. And yet we let people get away with that. And so yet then we're going to go outside of our, our, our country, our borders and, and push, you should be like us. Well, I remember with America possibly pushing that for years, even back since the fifties and sixties. And you know how turbulent racial justice slash injustice got in the 60s and that was something the russians were constantly countering america with america was over there saying your communism your socialism right and russia say what about your racism (laughs) what about the way you treat your black folks and you know and everything Mm -hmm. so america is pushing their ideals 
but with world news the way it is now they can't hide i mean everybody knows about what uh the party of the previous guy is doing here in america state by state across america mm -hmm. so you can't you can't just go push your idea saying everybody should be like y'all so how do we <laughs> so how so how do we get that's not a good question so when you see america re-examine what is your idea or expectations of how we're going to be a better community we have people that don't want to follow rules they move into mm -hmm. they move into areas uh live in the mountains live in wooded areas because they don't want to live by certain rules mm -hmm. and then and then we've got a situation of um we have rules in place we have a process defined for re-engineering rules and yet they've ignored that process they've ignored you know taking things the right way doing things in a way so that we are working together and that we're ex um, um, things happen like uh, Mitch McConnell packing the courts. You know, the whole idea is that that's not that's not fair to the to the community as a whole. And and we allow that to happen, and some people are going to say, "Yeah, that's acceptable. I'm going that's a rule I'll allow to be broken." Yeah. I mean, if you look at it one way, he's going through the process, but he's a main corrupter of the process. When it was the other way, he stopped, but he even changed the rule. The They didn't have to do the super majority. Right. He changed the filibuster rule so he could work with the previous guy to pack the federal court. Uh, and you know you got you. people that's supposed to be of the opposite party of mitch mcconnell who's refusing to get rid of this filibuster so they can empower everyone to take full advantage of this political system and everything so you get you know you get all kinds of interests and I remember like Bill Clay, who was a congressman here from for over 32 years before his son, Lacey Clay, took the office. Bill Clay was always talking about permanent interest, not always permanent. Uh, what, what, what do I want to call? Uh, for lack of a better term, permanent partnership, but permanent interest. So the people who you're with can change, but your entrance rarely change over a longer stretch a period of time okay so we're we're at three o'clock and since we got it started late i'm going to open it up for the potential for you know making up that time Are you guys done with the discussion or can we go for another 15 minutes well sure i'm i'm not in here
All right. You I'm in? not in a hurry. <laughs> You're in, Leonard? Okay, very good. So, so yeah. Um, so, the, so the idea here is in order for this, this great grand experiment to, to work, as Warren had mentioned, the original document of the Constitution, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but it does need modification. It does need to be updated. It does need to be re-ratified so that if you are living in America, you have to accept being ruled by what the contents of the document or some uh, system of governing that is universal. Now, I know we've got people who want to separate out individual states to have uh, precedent over a, a global government or a national government, but uh -huh. even that has to be addressed. Well, it was already addressed. I mean, we actually fought a civil war about it. Mm -hmm. The thing is, like a lot of these states go with what, what they call states' rights. Mm -hmm. And if there's no federal government law or statute governing that, then the state statute take over. But if the state statute is in conflict with the federal statute, the federal statute is supposed to take over. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, so how, but, how is that enforced? That's the tricky part is enforced. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, mm -hmm. this marijuana thing, mm -hmm. all the state, a lot of these states that's allowing marijuana to be used mm -hmm. and the federal government is giving you a, because technically marijuana usage is marijuana still, it's a, still controlled a, it's still a, a controlled substance. It's still a controlled substance. And it's still illegal mm -hmm. by federal government. So that's why businesses that reap all these huge profits now dealing with marijuana can't keep their money in a federally insured bank. I understand that. And, because, and so the idea you know, then becomes, the idea becomes how do we manage government, manage um, uh, our system of laws in such a way that it is consistent from Oregon to Florida, from Texas to um, New York. Well, that's the trick. The trick is always the enforcement. Mm -hmm. And then when you get these different states, you've always got different groups of people that want to do different things. Mm -hmm. Idaho wants to do something different than Florida. Mm -hmm. Missouri wants to do something different mm -hmm. than New York. California wants to do something different than Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're now, uh, optimally speaking, mm -hmm. it should be the federal laws should be the same all the way across. Mm -hmm. That's optimal. And then you're going to have some state, some different variation of state laws. Well, you've already defined well, what happens when you, okay, go ahead. No, you just, you already define that as if there is no federal law, then the state can make a law. And then the state, right. the state's, the state's law, state's law makes, takes precedent. And so, right. and so 
my thought again is we have to have a team approach to being an American. That means you can be a lot, you can protest law if you think it's, it should not be a law, but we've defined a process by which you protest the law. You can't grab a gun and blow up a, uh, and have some explosives and blow up a building to define your protest. You can't, You're not you can't be able to do that. You can't, you shouldn't be. Well, you, you can't, can't legally do it, but <laughs> it's definitely but people are doing it. Yeah. Right. But, and that's the problem because people have access to these guns that can do all of that. And we can't even figure out how to deny that. Well, it ain't it ain't necessarily that you can stop it, like you said, because we have legal access to it. But mm -hmm. once it happens, your prosecution of these things should go down. Like I'm looking at all of these people from January 6th that get six months, one or two years since. Oh, they're tearful, they're sorry, they're crying, but you weren't doing that that day you went to the Capitol. And everybody that was there should at least get insurrection, federal insurrection charges, which I think carry a minimum of 10 years. Nobody who was there should be getting less than 10 years unless they helped, actively helped the FBI get a lot of people that the FBI didn't get before. So, but that's just my thought of it. So how... Well, yeah, I agree. So, but where's the power of the federal government now in times like this when these things aren't being done? The, the Fed's not stepping up. They're not prosecuting to the fullest extent. There's a lot of uh, questions as to, uh, as to why people aren't being charged. It's politically motivated for the most part. And how do you solve that with the political divisions over enforcement and power? Okay. I, I, okay. So, so, so obviously we need to, in, in building a better society, in America becoming more unified, um, you feel that um, stronger enforcement along with redefining um, redefining laws is is a significant step towards making that happen. Well, my thing with redefining laws, the laws are defined. Nine times out of 10, the laws are on the books and it clearly states what should happen. Now, the, like I said, the trick the trick is the enforcement. That's the trick of it. Well, <clears throat> here's here's so when I say defining laws, mm -hmm. the Second Amendment can be interpreted two different ways. Okay. We 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 just talked about it. The whole idea of a well-regulated militia versus my right to own a gun. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't that be better de better defined? Shouldn't we I shouldn't mean, we update that law? Just like we updated the three fifths, it's no longer in the Constitution. It was necessary. Okay, to be my removed. thing. 
my thing on the second amendment is yeah you got a right to own weapon i'm not talking about the second amendment that was an example of okay. laws that right. need to be addressed i was I, I my question was going to answer okay go ahead the issue you brought up the second amendment Go ahead but, and but we, you know, no, no, go ahead and answer it. Go ahead and do it. I'm sorry. Well, I apologize. My, my I interrupted this. you. I apologize. My, I thing with, you. Go ahead. my thing with the second amendment is it was, you can have a gun because they didn't tighter regulate it. But the thing should be, if you commit a crime with that weapon, you pay the price. You pay the price. And we got a lot of people committing crimes with weapons that are not paying the price. They're not. And it's making America one of the most, one of the top three or top five violent countries in the world. Okay. Because everybody's walking around with a gun. Okay. So my original statement was that the law in its current form can be interpreted a couple of different ways. And so the, the uh, question was, shouldn't we redefine that so that it's not interpreted more than one way and so that, so that it's more clearly defined what we want to happen as a country? Well, you can say we should do it, but if we can't get the federal government, the legislative branch, to come together and, and iron that out and agree upon that, how do we force it? How do we force a so the first thing, uh, the first thing is defining how what we want to do. You have to first have a, have to have a plan. Okay. You have to first first have to have goals. Sorry. Okay. First thing you have to have is goals. Once you have goals. Then you have to have a plan for achieving those goals. Mm -hmm. Then you have to have a, a way to document your successes towards achieving your goals. Mm -hmm. Right? So the first Correct. thing is when I say re reimagined America, America reimagined or reexamined, there are things that are necessary for us to be a better country. Now, there are, I have to understand that there are people that are going to disagree with me. They're not going to agree that a stronger federal government is necessary for a better America. That is true. But the goal isn't 100% acceptance it's 51% compliance because that's what democracy is, right? 50 plus 50% plus one. Yes. Okay. So that's true democracy. So if the majority of the people want it to happen, it should happen. And if the majority don't, that, no, whatever the majority, so so, whatever the majority decides. So if the majority decides we want a stronger federal government, then we mm -hmm. have one. 
if the majority decides we don't want a stronger federal government, then we don't have one. Exactly. But we, we first have to agree that majority rules. Correct? You would have yeah, to agree. We do. We do. Does the and filibuster see, does the filibuster recognize majority rule? It does not. It, it does, does not. not. It does not. It does not. It does not recognize majority rules. Okay. It is, so it is the do? fly in the ornament. It is the loose screw. It, it takes down democracy. Okay. So what does it take to make it go away? Well, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> Well, I do have well, we know, an answer. I have we, an answer. I'm not know, gonna say it's we the know answer. what it would take, but you're not going to get there because so big a percentage of this country consider themselves conservative. So you're not going to get enough unconservative people to vote to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. It, it's not going to happen. Mitch McConnell's loving it because he waits until his party's in charge and then they do things like stack the federal court with conservative justices. And then now that he's not in charge, all he got to do is basically phone in and say, I'm, I'm against this bill. I'm, I'm going to filibuster. And then you got two people that are supposed to be Democrats who go along with him who won't filibuster. So, you know, if I was in the Senate, I'd like to be in Mitch McConnell's seat right now. Okay, so <laughs> so so um so the filibuster is just one. Um it's just one thing. It's a just big one, one thing. but it's just one. Um okay, and so um a comment from from our guest, and I'm gonna make this our last thing and we're gonna get out of here. Uh, and we're going to take the rest of our Saturday and barbecue or whatever else we're going to do. Uh, so th he says that the hard part about the argument with democracy is that New York and California would decide everything for the entire country. <laughs> now, I'm going to let you guys take the first crack at it. And, and then and then I want to give my my take on that. Did you guys want to try? try Did you say everything? Yeah. They will decide everything? He, said, he says that New York and California would decide everything for the entire country. Well, frankly, How? it's these... It's Did these they decide... Right well, that's because the largest two states. It's these states like Idaho and Montana, first of all, that got equal amount of senators in every state that's helping to prop this filibuster. Number one. Number two, this person isn't taking into account Texas, Philadelphia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, that they were able to subvert uh, and get Republicans in that should have never been in because they did the gerrymandering. So, you know, that person talking about New York and California. I think he's looking 
with very with a very narrow vision. That's my take. Did you want to take a crack at it, Warren? Well, I think we agreed earlier that democracy was a numbers thing of a majority, simple majority, correct? It just correct. It, it just the answer wrote itself, didn't it? If yeah. if the, the the one thing about the um, um, electoral college is that it eliminates one person, one vote. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you eliminate the electoral college, the fact that California and and uh, New York have more people than Montana and Idaho and Wisconsin combined, it doesn't matter because the majority is one person, one vote, and you can be of any political stripe in New York or in California, and and each person that votes is going to um, help us decide as a country what's happening. So, right. so California is not going to have any more influence than Rhode Island because it's one person, one vote. So the argument that New York and California is going to decide everything is really not a good argument. It's only, it's only when you start adding electoral colleges stuff in and when you start playing with numbers that that becomes uh, an issue. So, all right, I'm going to thank you very much for joining us this afternoon, uh, my guest. I really do appreciate your comments. Uh, make sure that you check us out. We're here every Friday and Saturday, and you're quite welcome, and thank you. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a chance to say goodbye, and then we're out of here. Goodbye. All right, goodbye. Let's do it again. Same time next week. Next week. That concludes this episode of Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.